0: Hi and welcome to the Real Estate Community Network podcast. The RECN is where you can network with other real estate investors regionally and nationally, share your memories, connect with others, make new friends with like-minded real estate investors just like you. Now to the podcast with the co-founders of the RECN, Mike Bazadona and Steve Franco. Hey everyone, this is Mike and Steve from the Real Estate Community Network podcast. Today we're gonna talk about how to pick the right deal and how to compare deals when you have more than one. Oh, man. That sounds like a, a good podcast. So, make sure you listen. So, um, yeah, let's get going with this, Steve. Right. Let's start analyzing and we have a yes. whole bunch of deals that yeah. we've been analyzing.
1: And, and I mean, the most common thing that we run into with you know investors, wholesalers, people at our meetup, even ourselves, is getting the numbers wrong or not picking the deal that makes the most sense for where you're at. It might be a deal that somebody else is going to love and make a million dollars off. That one down in, in uh, P- Plymouth that, that you ended up picking up. It wasn't the right deal for me. It worked awesome for you. Cool. And uh, the biggest thing that people miss is not doing the right due diligence. We just left a lady who has a du- two family that they bought, unfortunately, In very rough shape in a marginal neighborhood, neither of which would have totally disqualified it. But in a flood zone. In a very bad flood zone in a city that requires only licensed contractors to pull permits. They're tough. So they can't even do their own work. They can't even save money that way. And they've already been stopped because of that. Exactly. So their analysis, you know, they missed a lot of things. They missed the condition of the house. They missed getting... Proper estimates on rehab, they missed the flood zone check, they missed a lot of things. So that's the most common questions that I get is how do I know if a deal is right? Yeah, they just bought. Yeah. Like I was shocked that they just bought. it. I, I think she's probably right that the husband wanted to surprise her with a gift. Yeah. And I think
0: he's sleeping in the doghouse. And what did I say? He should have bought you a diamond. <laughs> that's why he's out of the country right now. <laughs> so now they bought that place for 20000 and they did $5,000 worth of foundation work. Yep. Which she doesn't even know what yeah. she, they really did. And the town came in and said, stop. Yep. You need permits.
1: And from looking at it, I mean, I'm not even sure $2,000 is my number. Yeah. That's those are that's a house we get for free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you're looking at a property, Mike and I recently have, well, we currently have, I guess, kind of, two possible flips that people want to do deals with us. Um, one- is they're both like like a block away from each other. Yeah,
0: I guess let's not say the city or the the street or
1: anything. But a really nice neighborhood, not in a flood zone. Both were probably really wonderful homes at one time. One, the person's living in and it's still a functional home. It's not beautiful, but it's fine. The other one, it's three feet of hoarder everywhere and the pipes are broken and the sewer is broken and it's seen better days. It's a lot. Um, But the one in worse shape... Is possibly a my opinion, a more likable house. It's it's big ceilings, big rooms, whatever. And it's like, how do you analyze those two things? And the first thing for me is determine your goals. What are you trying to do? And one rule of thumb, I guess that fortune builders taught, was that landlords will always pay more than flippers. And so well why is that? Well, because the landlords have a few years, decades, to make up a difference if something happens. So what are your goals? Are you doing this because you need a place to live? Are you doing this because you want to flip and get out? Um, are you doing this because you're a contractor and you have staff that's going to be bored this winter and you want to keep them busy? You know, Those will change a little bit which property you prefer over another. And that's more what this is about. We, we can do another podcast that's specifically about let's look at the numbers. But this is sort of the other things is what What are your goals? What are you trying to get out of it? If you just want to buy something, throw some paint and carpet on it, and sell it for 20 grand cash in your pocket, well, then you don't want certain properties. The wall's off flip. You don't want a property where the buyer might walk in and say, this is a beautiful flip, but these rooms are just silly. They're tiny. They're short. You want to be careful of those kinds of things. If you're saying, hey, I want a rental, things like rooms being short, there's usually going to be a tenant who will take it. Not short, like too short you can stand up in, but shorter than whatever. So you want to choose a property that fits your your criteria, your goals. Um, and when you're doing rentals, it's who do you want to rent to? I personally love the B and C tenants. Um, I don't love the D tenants. I love the B's and C's. There's a local broker in our area who's all about the A tenants. He'll make a lot less cash flow to have the doctors and lawyers because the doctors and lawyers
0: aren't going to mess your place up.
1: Um, so knowing your goals. That's kind of the first, the first thing for yeah. me.
0: And our goals for these two houses that are right next to each other, pretty much, yeah, fifty feet away from each other, yeah. And uh, our goal was to just flip it. We're not looking to rent it and keep it, right? Um, if we had to, we would just to, to get through the winter. Yeah. If we uh, if we flipped it in thirty or sixty days, we'll bring us into November. Might be hard to sell. Who knows? We might just get stuck with it for a couple months. Not a big deal. Yeah, we could rent it. But that's not our end game on this. This is not, you know, I don't look for single family homes to rent. The whole idea is we were coming in to rent this or, you know, I mean, to flip it or wholesale it. Exactly. So we're just trying to determine because the ARVs in the area are, are, they're strong. They're around 200. And we're into these properties for 50 grand and they both need somewhere between 50 and 4 we'll we're going to be in for 100,000 mm-hmm. either way out the door so we just we're trying to figure out which one we want to do cuz we already have another one we're going to start in right in 2 weeks and we're like okay do we wholesale both of these do we keep one it's a great neighborhood that's the whole that's what still keeps our mind turning yeah do we keep it or do we just wholesale it for a couple of dollars
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: mhm you know, because it's a, it's a $10,000 wholesale. That's really about all it is. Yeah. Um, but one has, it's filled with garbage. Three bedroom, two bathrooms, right? The layout is good. Good bones. But the yard, I mean, we got 5,000 in garbage, couple of thousand in landscaping, deck. Um, I mean, you can't even see the house. It's camouflaged by everything. Yeah. And you got the neighbors coming out yelling at me. You know, you can't go in there. Oh well, yes, I can, you know. Just tear it down. <laughs> and it's really not bad. We call the code enforcer. We talked to them. He says, hey, man, the house got good bones. Just, a, you know, yeah, a lot of work. We could afford to do the work, and we have people to do the work. Then we had the other house around the corner. That's the one I kind of like. Someone actually yeah. lives in it. Steve likes the hoarder house. But Steve brought up a lot of good points. The layout is horrible in this house. There's like... I don't know, like alleyway to get to the main bedroom, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it made no sense.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's it's everything that can be solved with money. And the, the challenge on these two – so all three of our flips, the one we're definitely doing and the other two, are in the same price range purchase price-wise. We're getting them for the same number. And it's a pretty firm number. None yeah. of the sellers can or will go down. So all three of them are, are identical. We took the one – that's um, further away, but it's it's a, it's a walk in the park. It doesn't need a lot of clean out. It looks mostly functional. We know the furnace is shot, but whatever. The yard is great, da-da-da. So it, it's, it's a little easier of a flip. So we're like, okay, that one we're definitely doing because it fits our little more than lipstick ideal. Yeah, it's a little bit more than lipstick. But, you know, and it's a property that right now we could buy it, put a for sale sign on it and win right away. Yep. No one's going to run from it. We're not dealing with You know, a hoarder house. We're not dealing with hallways that don't make sense and plaster that's missing from the walls. The other two came into a horse race because, you know, the one that is a little bit more difficult to walk through and so forth is so much of an easier flip job, and it's in the same neighborhood. And uh, and if the owner of that one would come down ten thousand dollars, the owner of either of them would come down ten thousand dollars, but certainly that one. It'd be a done deal. It'd be
0: next on our list.
1: It'd be absolutely next on our list because like, you know, at that number, but where he's insisting on being partially because where his loan is partially because whatever, where he's insisting on being is at a number that just doesn't work for us. In fact, I just spoke to him today and said, listen, I'm going to bring one buyer through that I, I have an association with. I'm not putting it under contract unless they like it. And it's a red light, green light. That's all we can do. The way we decided on that was because we looked at the market and we looked at the changing market and we said, okay, right now things are selling for upper hundreds, lower 200s in, those, in, the, in that neighborhood. The market's changing. Is that going to be true in the spring? Realistically, we buy it now. We close on it by Halloween. We get it finished by Thanksgiving. What family realistically wants to move in the holidays? So we're probably stuck with it till next year. What's the buying market going to be next year? Heck, what's the buying market going to be in November? So, the current economy, interest rates, everything pulled us back. That particular house has some, this is a non hoarder house, has some roofing issues and some more. It's not a paint and carpet. It's not far from one. You look at it, you think, okay, paint, carpet, kitchen, maybe, or paint, carpet, kitchen, bathroom, maybe
0: add a bathroom quick, in, out, fine. Yeah, that doesn't have a bathroom upstairs. It have, right. But it has a bathroom downstairs by the master bedroom in that alleyway. Yep. That's what you don't like. Exactly. Which, if, if, which you make me not like now because (laughs) I started thinking, yeah, this is dumb. I'm not going to walk every day down this hallway. And it's
1: a hallway that, again, if he was 10,000 lower, I can take out the closets on either side of the hallway so I can make it a comfortable space. But in the budget, do I have that? I, there's a room upstairs I can throw a second bathroom in, but that's money to do that. Yep.
0: And the ceilings are low upstairs. Yeah. They are just right above, I guess, the door.
1: Yeah, and 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 when you and when you look at a property, there's functional obsolescence, which is there is not a darn thing you can do to make it right, and there's outdatedness. Well, the low ceilings, basically, that's functionally obsolete. Yeah, you can move the tie, the, the tie beams up. You can, you can, you can, but realistically, not financially feasible at a, we'll, for we'll an make, entire house. We'll lose money. Yeah, I I move. I did that in one bedroom. I raised the ceiling a little bit. But that was even barely worth it, but for a whole house. So functional obsolescence is the scary part. You know, gee, the third bedroom upstairs is down the hallway, take a left, step down a step, duck under the doorway, and you're in. That's not what the modern American family says they're, ble- they're bleeding to buy. So that puts, if the cap, if the market value of the house is 150 to 200, I'm going to be closer to the 150 number because my families that could buy are now smaller because it's only the ones willing to buy that shape. Whereas the other house around the corner has that shape everybody wants. Bigger rooms, not huge, but nice. Nice sized rooms, higher ceilings, whatever. But it has only electric heat. But it has a lot of cleanup and hoarder and whatever.
0: The hoarder house.
1: I can't show it until I replace the front porch because we're dancing over the front porch.
0: Yes, so you, you, <laughs> one person at a time. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, so, it's, it's bad. Yeah. But it's it's bad, but it's not bad. You know, it's if we cleaned it out, right? You know, we were going to spend we were going to spend close to ten grand cleaning it out, fixing the deck. Mm-hmm. We'd have to buy the house because we we couldn't wholesale this one right. at that. So then we're going to be in ten grand, and then we were just going to try to to sell it to somebody. And, and I don't feel like holding up sixty seventy grand because what you know we'll get that back. That's it. Exactly. And
1: basically, when you're in the flipping business, not not the paper flipping, not the what we call the wholesaling business, but the actual flip-flip business, you borrow money. And even if you use your own money, people tell me all the time, well, it was my money. It was free. Well, great. So not you free. could have loaned it for me to me for 10%. So you just lost 10%. So whether you do it, whether it's your money or somebody else's money, pay yourself a return. And so at the end of the day, both houses are going to cost us an extra $10,000, $12,000 just in interest. And if you're in a situation, so right now we have two marginal deals. The only thing that might make, and I'm kind of springing this on Mike, but might make the, the 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 not hoarder house a little bit of a winner, is if he's willing to subject to the mortgage. If he's willing to not have us pay off the mortgage now and have us pay it off at sale,
0: and we put the forty grand in,
1: exactly, and then we could pay him his number, yeah, because because then because then we're not borrowing a hundred, we're borrowing sixty. Do we want to do that? I don't know. That becomes, yeah, you know, there's a whole other set of questions. But that's that's the that's the that's the only win in the neck and neck. And what we kind of decided was, you know, what we're just going to try to wholesale this because with everything else, we're launching the real estate community network, the independent investor association. Looking at properties every day, doing this flip up in uh, the town a little far away from us, to do one more flip that's
0: kind of an eh, is yeah. just more effort than we're it, because we were just going to do three right now. Yeah. And we, we sat down and that's why we said, let's, let's just, so we were, so the hoarder house we're talking about in this other house with the low ceilings we were talking, we were going to buy them and flip them. Yeah. We're like, you know, we're pulling the string and then then we had a meeting, our Monday morning meetings and we started running the numbers and Steve's questioning I'm questioning which one do you like? Let's, let's just do one extra one. Let's wholesale one. Okay. And that's how we started running numbers. And then at the end of that time, we're like, you know what? Let's wholesale both. Yeah. Because you're not happy in this. I'm not happy in that. I don't want either one of us to be wrong. Right. So let's just wholesale them, make a couple of bucks. We get out. And you know what? Two days later this week, we have three new deals Yep, that are, are much better. So we, there's always a deal out there. Yeah.
1: And your best deal is the bad one not done. And when you're dealing, for those of you in bigger markets where sale prices are 350 500 I mean, I'm from Boston. My mother thought it was a garage you bought for $150,000. She had no concept that houses actually trans- transact at that level. If you're down in the $150,000, a $5,000 mistake and opening the wall and discovering a subfloor that has to be replaced will kill, forget profit, you'll be in the loss category real quick. You know, one, it doesn't take a lot at $100,000 sales to, to kill the deal. So if your gut is saying, hmm, this might not be a terrific one, it's probably a walk away yeah. or call us up and we'll try to, we'll try to sell it to somebody else for you. We'll try to work with you
0: on that. And that's what we did today. Yeah. So exactly. So we're, we're helping somebody else that was at one of our open houses. We were wholesaling a house Yep. and her and her husband wanted to buy the house and uh, she said, well, I'll get back to you tomorrow. I said, tomorrow? I sell houses in one hour. I do. A, we do a big, huge open house and we have every investor there walking around. They've already seen it on the virtual tours. And she's like, "Well, take it." And they offered more. We're like, "It's sold." Yeah, it's you're too late. You know, yeah. so that's why she reached out to us. Hey, I bought this house and it's all messed up. Can you help me out? And they didn't how right. to analyze the deal. Yep, they paid twenty for a five thousand dollar house.
1: And unfortunately, she's a good example of of what we all are when we're starting the business. They've done several flips, but lack of clarity. They just got lucky. Yeah. They, and, they, they got lucky. Yeah, they did. They, they, sh- did. Sh- they don't have a clue. No. And not knowing, because she's like, I paid a guy $5,000 for starting something in the basement. I'm like, well, starting what? She's like, I don't know. Yeah. I said, I'm thinking, so you gave $5,000 and you don't know what you got or whether it's or what fraction it is of the whole job. It's, it's, it's okay to say, hey, I have a $30,000 job, a guy who did $5,000 worth of it, but I can tell you exactly what's left to do versus I don't know what's in the basement. She couldn't even get us in the house. Yeah, exactly.
0: It was, it was whatever. Yeah. Very nice people though. So, and actually, we're going to do business with them and she's going to be on our podcast.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, basically, what you, what that comes down to is that knowing what your property requires. <coughs> and if you don't know, you bring in people you trust who do. I'm right now looking for more contractors. I've got five people. I'm running references. I'm running this. I'm running that. And I'm someone who now, after 15 years of messing it up, you know, I'm basically a building inspector. I can tell you what needs to be done. I'll cor- I'll correct you before the code officer even shows up, but I'm still relying on other people. What does my contractor say it
0: is? What does this say it and is? And now we're actually running, you know, we're checking on their work they did. People that have hired them, We wanna we want references now. Yeah. I have one client
1: who, and this is, you know, on, on your checklist of properties is, is the work something that you would be able to do at all if you didn't find anyone and it's not about being willing to do it. This one woman has spent probably $30,000 in deposits to contractors who never showed up for work. She doesn't even know whether what they were saying they would do was correct or not. So besides the fact that she did her contracting entirely backwards, I'll get to that in a second, her, her, uh, her contracts, but she doesn't even know what she's asking for. And so she doesn't know if she's getting the right answer. Well, they said they'd replace the steps by doing and she described it. I said, that's not how you replace steps. <laughs> I said, what they're, what they're talking about is going to break. And if you don't know, you've got to find the reputable contractor. And yes, in the beginning, it will take you a good chunk of time. I've got a friend named Matt who spent the first six months of his real estate investing career doing some wholesales. But until he'd analyzed contractors to the nth degree and knew exactly their skill set and that checked out there, he wasn't taking step one to actually use a contractor because he's like, I don't know enough to check on them. Very important that you don't have the skills, not could you build that wall, but do you know what it would look like when it's done, if it's right or not? And that comes from networking with other investors, coming to our meetups,
0: being on our phone calls, joining or whatever. Just JVing with somebody. If you don't know, JV with someone that has, Yep, that's done it. You know We're always available, yep. but just throwing it out there. And Exactly. We're always available. And that's also why you want to use
1: other people's money- because when you put in front of the investor, hey, here's my property, here's my rehab plan, here's my estimate, they've invested in 100 deals before. They can look at the paperwork
0: and tell you you're on track or you're not. Sure. Like we, yeah. I brought paperwork today. The yeah. girl's like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah, I know where we are got to be at already, you know? Now that we're looking at this, I'm throwing that paper away. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: were, and, and it just so happens on that house that I used to own a multi around the corner, and for Fifteen years, I were you know since two thousand eight, I was driving up by that house as it was in various stages of looking exactly the same as it does now. And so I told the lady, I said, "I'm sorry, but this has been like this for fifteen years for a reason. Yeah. Everyone's walked away from this house."
0: Well, that's what the neighbor <clears throat> said, right? Yeah. What are you doing? Twenty unpersonal to own this house.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and so when you're trying to decide between your deals or whether or not a deal is right for you. Whether or not a deal is right for you is a lot up to your skill set, a lot up to the numbers. If your numbers don't work, I have people all the time. Well, the top comp in the area is two fifty. I don't want the top comp. Give me the bottom comp. That's right. It I want the dipped in the lowest price dipped in gold or the middle price dipped in gold. Also realize that dipped in gold is variable for every market. You remember that half double the right hand side in Scranton they wanted like 55 for had the, the pigeons? Yes. Well, a guy's looking at that, and he called me up, da-da-da, whatever. Um, and he's like, well, I'm going to put in granite and tile and marble. And I'm like, dude, you're in a common part of Scranton. You're going to put in vinyl and formica, and it's going to be perfect. Yep. Know where you're at. He's like, well, where I live, it's got to be – yeah, where you live on Long Island Sound is a little different yeah. <laughs> than this. Know what – so when you when I say dipped in gold, I mean the best for that neighborhood. But then it also comes down to the gut reaction. If you walk through the house and you're thinking, this is too much for me, or you're thinking, I wouldn't. And this is hard to do if you're at a level where you're purchasing houses. You're looking at the cheap $500 a month, you know, one bedroom apartment. Would you live there? Not would you live there now while you're in your McMansion, but would you 20-year-old college kid live there? If the answer is this house will never be what I could live in, then you probably don't want it. Your gut has a lot to do with it. And you get that gut by talking to other investors. Um, You have to always work very well with your lenders and where you're getting your money, especially on what goes wrong if the deal doesn't sell. My first flip ever, I got 100% cash from from the private guy who was doing the loan. We'd met each other at a couple, you know, whatever, a couple meetups and whatever. And we get to the end of the one year, and he's like, so are you ready to pay off? I said, we haven't even gotten an offer on the house. We are, we're nowhere. And he extended me almost another six months, a little bit more interest, like like a quarter, like 2% extra. He almost didn't charge me anything. And I asked him one day, I said, why would you do that? He said, you're the only person I've ever lent to that was honest when stuff didn't go right. He's like, I didn't have to chase you. You called me once once every two weeks and told me how bad things were. He's like, so I respect that you were trying, you were being consistent. So work with your lenders. If things don't go right, hey, here's what's going on, um, because very often they might
0: have a solution. And actually, actually, a hard money lender or private lender for yeah. real estate, they're gonna know. Like, so if you don't know and you're new, they're gonna tell you, hey, man, that's this ain't working. Mm-hmm. Hey, Steve, I don't think you should go there. Yep. You know, or tell Mike, this is this is not. I don't see the numbers. These guys know. They see deals. They. They, they're all about the numbers. Yep. And make sure you've dealt with a realtor
1: if you're going to sell it, if you're going to resell it in any reasonably short period of time, like it's a flip. If it's a long-term rental, you know whatever. But long-term rental depends on whether or not a realtor in your market is necessary to rent it. But people say all the time, oh, I'm not going to use a realtor to sell my flip. Well, wouldn't you like to know what it's going to take for the realtor to do it in case you have to? So making sure you have the numbers of what the realtor is going to cost and build that into your cost up front. And we do that all the time. Assume you're going to use a realtor. Even if you don't, that's extra profit for you. Now, when comparing two deals side by side, like we literally, for the first time in a long time, I had two deals that I think the lots might even touch. The the ones that Mike and I were talking about. Then it comes a lot more into the art than the science of which one. Because one house is a nicer shape when it's done. The other house is a lot easier to get done, da, 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 da. So you really have to make a chart in your mind or on paper that says, here are the pluses and minuses. It all comes down to pros and cons. And at the end of the day, you know, I wasn't crazy about either one, but I kind of liked one. Mike wasn't crazy about either one. He kind of liked the other. Well, if we're not crazy about it, let's And we kind of both said,
0: oh, whatever. If you want to do that, we'll do that. Or, you know, it's like a relationship here. You know, yeah. I'm like, ah, all right. If you want to do it, Steve, you know. But... You know, if something goes wrong, I'm gonna be like, "I told you," Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Steve will be the same way, and and we don't do that to each other. But but, so we both, you know, agreed together that, like, you know what? Let's to hell with this. Let's just wholesale it, make ten thousand each house, whatever we make. You know what I mean? Right. And we walk away, and it doesn't matter. We're already flipping. We got other houses. We we're going to look at one today. We looked at one today. We got another one at five o'clock. Yep. So this podcast can't go much longer anyway. Exactly.
1: And the uh, the last thing on how to decide, and this is not doing the numbers. We will do another. Pod, we'll do a video cast in the future shortly on how to do the numbers. We always do have our Fridays at five thing. You can join on uh, live.racn.us and take a look at how we analyze properties, um, kind of a webinar. But the last thing on the soft market, how to decide between deals is where does it fit in what else you have going on? For me, what kind of drew the line on these two houses and said, I don't care about either one, is we have a lot of things. We want to expand our web presences. We want to expand, we want to do more deals. We want to find bigger properties. We want to launch some online things that we have half finished and have left half finished for a while. So, gee, if I'm going to distract myself with one or two more flips, they better be not, eh. They better be, oh my Lord, I want to do this.
0: We're looking to hit home runs.
1: Yeah. And because we know so my, so many other people, we can probably find
0: someone for these. And if we don't, okay, we didn't lose anything because we didn't have anything into it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'd rather make forty thousand in wholesale fees this month, yeah, and not do a thing. Exactly. Or we work hard and we flip a couple of houses. But the problem is right now is just crews. We don't have that many crews, yeah. and uh, I don't want any headaches. And like we Steve says, sometimes you know, depends where you want to spend your time. Yeah. Because now if we're gonna babysit three flips, you know, two are okay and one should be really good. Well we sell the two that are okay and we now we like we said we came across more properties that might be really good for us. So we're kinda excited. And it's important when you're dealing but it's always
1: important. Ethics is the core of everything. When you're dealing with these people, you have to realize that The sellers especially, this is probably their largest asset in their life. And when I told one of the people that, hey, I have one more person to show your house to, otherwise I need to let the contract go, she was crying. She totally understood. She was totally, I get it. I knew it was going to be a long shot, whatever. But her only asset in life, her only chance of getting herself back where she needs to be financially is gone. And you have to realize to be sensitive to their situation. That's why when you're talking to a seller, you want to know all the physical facts about the property. You want to know what's wrong, what's
0: not wrong. But you also want to know their story and you want to care. And you want them to know what you're really doing. Yeah. Not just putting this house on the contract and saying, hey, I got a house for sale. Exactly. Because you don't have a house for sale. Nope. You have a contract. Exactly. And that and
1: that in most states, by the way, it's illegal. You are not a realtor. You cannot be a real estate agent. You can't sell a house. You can sell your contract. And the worst thing you want, and I came close to this a couple times, is to have a seller or a seller's representative start to think you did something wrong and then try to get investigations going. Try to get this, try to get that. You want to be the one that this woman said to me. She's like, you know, I'm not happy that this house didn't work out, but I'm going to tell everybody else here in the nursing home that you guys can be trusted. And in the case of the lady we just saw, even though we can't help her at all. I'm not even sure. And I told her point blank. I said, if I list it, you're never seeing what you invested in it back again. I said, I can put a sign on it, but I'm going to make more than you will. She's She respects that. She respects all the information Mike was giving her. And we know we'll see her again. We know she'll rely on us in the future. So it didn't. it isn't going to work out on that house, but that person still needs to be respected and they need to feel like they got value out of their time with you.
0: Sure. And we're going to help them get the most money they could actually recover yeah they're in recover mode
1: exactly they're they're totally in recovery mode and and the third gentleman you know he had the reason we the 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 house with the funny shape when we first started talking to him a month or so ago we were ready to do the deal and then he signed with another wholesaler who promised him 50 percent more and when that didn't work out he called us back and i had to be honest and say you know sir honestly if you Said yes the first time. I might be. I might have been saying yes. It might have been closed already. Yeah, because we were ready to buy that day. Right at, at, at that point, I probably would have given him the money because we hadn't found the, something else. It, you know, things were a little bit different, and the market was different. And We would have had it back on the market for the fall and da da da. But he respected the fact that I. Uh, you know, he respected the fact that we were honest with him. We were straight up. We said, "Here's exactly what we can do, and here's why."
0: And that's why he called us back.
1: Yep. And that's why today, when I told him, I said, "He's like, so you're going to put it under contract?" I said, "No. I said I'm going to bring this one person that I think might play. If they play, I'll put it under contract. If they won't play, I won't."
0: I think they're buying
1: it. I think they. I think they probably will. Um, But, 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 but basically, and and so so you you're going to make some money. I said, sir. I said I have to make money at whatever I do. He's like, he's like, I respect that. He's like, "I'm, I'm glad. He's like, other people haven't told me that. You have to be honest, and you also have to be honest, not just for the nice reasons if you want to be nice is if you're dishonest it's called fraud. And I'm always the one to go to the legal stuff, but let's face it. If you mislead someone and they feel injured, everyone has a lawyer they can call. Everyone knows they can call the district attorney. And you just don't want that mess.
0: Nope. And and the people that were he was dealing with first time anywhere were not legit. Right. You know, he just said, "Oh, they're going to give me such and dollars." And we're like, "Wow, that's a that's a lot of, you know, there's no way.
1: I, I told him, I said, I said, I'm not sure I could list. I'm sure. not sure if I listed it, I could get that for you.
0: Yeah. And we were up front <laughs> with him. <laughs> and like, we told him what to ask for and this is what you should do. And we always tell people, listen, so he already has his house in the contract. We are not getting his house at this point. Right. But we said, if anything changes, yep. call us. We're always here. Or if you have any questions, you you offered the, disc- the disclosures for him that he did not know about. <laughs> Hey, remember we said, hey, so they put money in escrow already? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Exactly. You know, and I said, you know what's going to happen? The day, you know, he's going to come around and he's going to tell you, he's going to give you a one-tenth of what he offered. Right. They used to be on a closing day, and, and he must have asked them, and next thing you know, they are not on the contract anymore. Where's Steve and Mike? And and then he calls us back, and then they call him back and
1: offer him something lower, and he actually says to them, something lower than they offered but higher than we were offering? And he says to them, he said, no, I'm not comfortable with you. He told told them to go away. Now, when you put something under contract, it is very important that you, first of all, do everything in writing. Yes, in many states it's legal to do a real estate transaction verbally, but it's also stupid. But for anyone in the business at all, it's not legal. And you want your contract to cover what your contingencies are, what you will and won't do, how you're going to back out of the contract – And you also want to put money down in deposit. Pennsylvania does not require a money deposit, but I always do one. It can be stupid. It can be 25 bucks. But you always want it clear what you've put into the equation. You always want to do that. If you promise to put a thousand in escrow, you put a thousand in escrow and you tell them where it is. Because if you don't, if things start to go south and people end up in front of judges or lawyers, you want to have done everything you can to be as ethical as you can. Because if it's in a gray area and you've done everything reasonably ethically, the judge is going to have less reason to beat you up. And that goes the same thing for your contractors. And I have a client right now who sadly has given probably $30,000 in deposits to contractors who never showed up, who she will never see again. And I have begged her each time, please don't do it. You have no contract. What are you thinking? Do not give them 100% of their money up front. But they asked for it. I said, well, if it's that easy, give me money too. <laughs> um <laughs> everything in writing, under control, there's a process we can help you with. And don't advan't don't let them take advantage of the, well, you know, this is going to go bad if you don't sign with me now. No, no, no. A legit contractor won't ask you to bend those rules. And just realize that your deposit is paying off their debt on the last job. Contractors are not good with money, nope. typically. So everything in writing, cautious on your deposits, cautious on what you put out, Make sure everything's based on milestones, and keep as much as Troy Good said. Your last payment, let's say you you know they want third, 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 um, something, something, forty-five percent in the last payment. When you finish, it's fatter than the other payments, because if it's too thin, if it's qu- if it's four quarters or something, and there's only 20 percent left, they might not think it worth to come back and finish the job. That's right. You
0: gotta make you gotta, you gotta it's gotta weigh heavy at the end.
1: Yeah, gotta weigh heavy at the end. And have someone have an attorney or an an attorney who's versed in this or someone who's very versed in this help you with knowing what those lines are. Work with, you you may not need an attorney all the time, work with an investor who's done it before. Make sure your private lender is on board with the contracts. That's why these professionals exist because we've done it before. Mike and I have seen a hundred of them some attorneys or lenders have seen thousands of them. And... They will spot in a heartbeat where the problem is in your agreement. Mm-hmm. You need this is not a solo business. This is this this woman's husband went out and bought this house without telling anyone, and said, "Here, honey, here's a big red bow on um, loose." <laughs> and uh, besides sleeping in the in the doghouse, you don't do this alone. There is none of this business that you yeah, do alone, especially if you're new. I mean, l- 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 look at Mike and I. We we you know. We continue to work together, even though we both know how to do it on our own, because it's better to have a second set of eyes. That's hey, right. Hey, I tripped over this. What do you think of it? Oh, my God. What are you thinking? Kind of what you said when you wanted to the, the hoarder house. What are mm-hmm. you thinking?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Steve, where are you bringing me? No way. I get fleas. I've been bit by cockroaches, whatever. I, I was like, ah.
1: Oh. Uh, anyway. When, when the words are, careful where you walk on the porch.
0: <laughs> yeah. One at a time. Yeah. Because the uh, ambulance crew fell through it. And, bringing a guy out. Oh, God. That's actually the ambulance guy I think broke his
1: leg on the way out. Yep. And basically, it all comes down to fitting your goals. Now, real quick, if you're doing this as a rental or you're doing this as a long-term play and you're saying, hey, you know, I'm going to have my contractors that I have on staff go there when they're bored. And so I don't care if this deal takes me five years. That's a different criteria. That's a
0: whole different story.
1: If you're going to say, and I did this, I'm going to cut this house down to the studs and rebuild it myself for my family... I can tell you a half, a half a day a month is not going to get your house done by the time you die. Nope. <laughs> you cannot do it alone.
0: <laughs> Steve is funny today. Hey, Steve, I think we're going to have we'll to wrap it up. Yeah. So let's wrap this up. Um, put a little music in the background. Thank you, Steve, man. That was great. <laughs> That's
1: good. Check I, out. Our, uh, I do not know that thing had music. In all all right. cool.
0: Yeah, I got all kinds of stuff in here. So thank you for listening to the RECN podcast. We have meetups. We're always live, uh, we do them live in person, yep, so or you could catch us at where?
1: Tomorrow night's meetup is live in Mountaintop
0: at King's Pizza Mountaintop. I don't even know if this will be out tomorrow. That's but, true, probably not. But how about we just say the second Wednesday <laughs> yeah. of every month?
1: The second Wednesday of every month, live.recn.us or live at King's Pizza Mountaintop. Uh, we also have weekly, typically weekly Friday at 5 p.m. at live.recn.us, kind of a webinar thing.
0: And that's it. Join the realestatecommunitynetwork.com. Become a member. Me and Steve uh, founded this thing, and we're going to make it big. That's right. So get in there now.
1: And if you are a wholesaler, we are launching uh, October 1st, the Independent Investor Association. You get certified as an ethical wholesaler. You can list your properties on our off-market MLS listing service.
0: Yeah, that's great. All right. Thank you, Steve, man. Great. Thank you for everyone listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the REC and podcast and if you're not a member yet please go and sign up today it's free realestatecommunitynetwork.com